Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Steve Kramer of Kramer Basketball, founder of the Coach's Edge. And on today's show, special treat for you, Corey Crimebrink, state champion, Napoleon Girls basketball out in Northwest Ohio. And if you've been a day one listener, you know that Corey was one of our first five or 10 interviews on the Coach's Edge as I spoke with him about last year and them going undefeated, making it to the state final four, and then the rest of the season being canceled due to COVID-19. We talked about just that whole journey and process and what that was like to go through something that was that difficult. Well, guess what? They turned around the next year and won the state championship. And so now I get to interview him about 11 months after our first interview, and he gets to talk about that journey and that challenge and be able to look back on all the different things that led them to where they are now as state champions. And at the end, he talks a little bit about you know where they're going to move on and go forward from here as well. So a special thank you to Coach Crimebrink from Napoleon for spending uh, some time with me. This was a really fun interview. Before we get to that, a couple things about the Coach's Edge that we need to make sure that you know. Coaches, April 10th, we're opening up coachesedge.coach to new members. What does that mean for you? Well, you get access to coachesedge.coach, all of our plays, all of our videos, all of our drills. We do scouting for our coaches. I've watched a minimum of two game films for every single one of our members this basketball season. Most of those members, even more than those game films. You get access to all of our Coaches Edge meetings. We have at least two meetings a month where we either present on a certain topic or we have kind of a round table discussion and then what's brand new is by the end of April, all of our new members, and all of our old members as well, all of their players, their varsity team, get access to the Kramer Basketball Training app. That essentially comes free with your Coach's Edge membership. Now that's a big deal because one monthly membership, the Kramer Basketball Training is $9.99 a month. Your whole team gets it for free just by you being a Coach's Edge member. That's the whole kind of round circle of how I want to help coaches and programs, right? Being able to help from a player development standpoint, being help, being able to help coaches from a program development standpoint, as well as what they can do with, with their team specifically a year in and year out with their season. And so I'm really excited to be able to debut uh, the Kramer basketball training app for all of our coaches edge members. So we're going to kick that off as we open the coaches edge back up on April 10th. Another thing, April 17th, we have a free presentation. All you have to do is be on the Coach's Edge mailing list. And I'll put that link below in the description. Join our mailing list. You'll get an invite to our April 17th, 10 a.m. presentation. And I'll be talking about uh, player development and some of the types of drills that you can do in season and off season. And I'll show some of the videos and examples of what you can do to make sure you're getting the most out of your player development year in and year out. And the last thing before we get to the show, our summer camp schedule is filling up. Now, we're not totally free and clear from COVID, as you know, right? So although we're back to some of our summer workouts and camps, the majority of our camps in South Carolina, Michigan, Ohio, they're private camps. They're closed. They're just for uh, the school that we are going in to work with. With that said, we do have some open camps in Bowling Green, in Northwest Ohio, 
We have a June shooting camp, a July attack camp, and an August finishing moves and shooting camp. Now spots are filling up. At least one of those camps, maybe two, is already sold out. Uh, we have junior high and high school camps available throughout the summer there. Okay, enough of me talking. A special thank you to Coach Kreinbrink for being on the Coach's Edge podcast. Let's get to the show. I'd like to welcome back Coach Corey Kreinbrink of Napoleon Girls Basketball, Division II State Coach of the Year, state champion. Welcome back to the Coach's Edge podcast. Lots happened in the past year, Coach. Yeah, a few things. Uh, just just a, just a couple. Um, thanks for having me back on. Um, always always great to get, to get to talk to you about basketball and, and, and anything, really. Uh, but uh, uh, really happy to be back on. Yeah, you were one of our first interviews. That was about 11 months ago, approximately. I think your interview came out in May. So if you're listening and you're new to the Coach's Edge, we've grown quite a bit since that first uh, episode. Um, after you finish this, I'll make sure and go and listen to Coach's interview um, essentially a, a year ago. And, uh, you know, it'd be really cool to kind of go back in time and listen to that episode as well. So, Coach, especially for our new listeners to the Coach's Edge, uh, could you give us a little bit of background and information about yourself before we get in? Um, I just uh, just finished myself. I just finished my sixth year um, at Napoleon as a girls basketball coach. Um, I originally about ten years ago I was uh, an assistant at Baldwin Wallace College for three years, and then I was at North Central High School for three years um, in Pioneer, Ohio, and, and then came to Napoleon. Last year we went uh, twenty-seven and zero. Um, we were we won the league, our league, the Northern Lakes League, uh, for the first time in school history. Uh, we won a regional, made it to the state final four for the first time in school history. And, um, and then, you know, everything that everybody knows about happened um, and everything got shut down. Uh, this year, uh, we, we had five seniors that all played last year, um, came back. And we had five, still five returners, um, but we were a different team, um, came back this year. And um, a lot of different things have happened. Uh, we made our way through uh, a grueling schedule. Um, our schedule changed for, for various reasons, as did a lot of people's, and uh, ended up uh, we were able to go 26 and one, and uh, we won our uh, first state title in school history for girls basketball. Very cool. Um, so I'll begin at the end. What's the best part of winning a state championship? Um, just I feel I'm really happy for the kids. Uh, they put so much pressure on themselves. They work so hard. Uh, especially our kids that came back from last year that played last year and um, to, to, to work extremely hard, as hard as they did. And so many things fell in place for us throughout the whole season last year. And um, to get to the point of, we made it a goal to get it to state, get to state. And um, then we get there and then, then, and everything gets canceled, obviously. Um, and their determination and, and their just their perseverance and the amount they cared about each other um, to try to get back. Uh, and for them to be able to do that um, and for us to, to battle through some adversity and times we didn't, didn't frankly, just didn't play very well throughout the year. And for them to battle and grind through that, um, for them to get rewarded for that um, is, a, is a really nice thing to see. And it was, it's, a, it's been a really neat story to be a part of. I love it. What's, I mean, you, you succeeded at the highest possible level of what you could accomplish for a high school basketball team 
while you're dealing with the pandemic and COVID and all these other things that in a more normal year, you don't have to deal with. So with that in mind, what was the most challenging part of the season? Um, I think there's just so much unpredictability of you just there's teams are getting quarantined or, or things happening from a higher level of, of decisions being made that you had absolutely no control of. Um, I think just not knowing um, there's been so many things of, of the unknowns the last 12 months, but um, going through a season um, with, a, with very high expectations and having so many things that you can't control and, and not know what's going to happen. Um, that, that's been really tough. Um, you know, to, I give a lot of kids credit to the kids. They've um, anytime something happened or there'd been a blow or, or something happened that, that we had to kind of make an adjustment um, with something they were, they're always positive and, and ready to do whatever we needed to do and just work that day to try to get better. So we had two separate um, spans in our season this year um, where we had two weeks without games um, in the middle of our schedule. So that's a lot of practices. Um, there's a lot of monotony stuff. So we had to be um, a little creative with some stuff and practices to try to try to keep the energy level up. But, um, you know, all in all, just the unpredictability of, of everything, I think was probably one of the biggest challenges. So what do you do when you're, you're trying to keep things fresh and you're, you're practicing for two weeks and there's no games to look forward to that next day or in a couple of days? Uh, it's a balance. Um, you know, you, you gotta, I think you gotta understand your kids and you don't want to kill them and, and wear, wear them out over two weeks. Uh, at the same time, you want to definitely, you want to get better at certain things. So um, we mix in some, some fun games at certain times and practices and um, maybe worked on some different situations that we might not have had, always had time um, to work on in a regular season when we've got games every other day. So um, we try to mix it up as much as we can. We're also trying to make sure we really narrow down and get better at certain things. But, um, you know, the kids did a great job of, of coming in every day and, and just wanting to get better. And um, when you have that, when you have that mentality and, and when you have some talent, we had some talent, talented kids. Um, when you have that mix, um, I think you had a chance. And um, we feel like we had a, we had a special group that um, just found ways to grind, you know, every day out. As you prepared after last year, you know, last year you win a league, you win a district, you win a regional, the season ends up getting canceled in the, in the final four, but you gained a ton of experience as disappointing as that was leading into this next state championship run. What were some of the main things that you focused on with your group, knowing what you had to go through this year? Um, just understanding the whole process and, and that we wanted to be playing our best basketball at the end of the year. And, and I'm not, and I don't want to say that we, we weren't worried about results in the season. Um, but we were probably more focused on individual wins throughout the season last year. Um, you know, cause we had never won a league title before. So, you know, that was a, a big goal and, and not to say that we didn't care about that this year, but, um, our main goal more than anything else was um, to be ready to go at tournament time and make that run. So um, th that was a big focus of everything we did was trying to prepare ourselves for a run in the tournament. Um, and part of that was we scheduled some really, really good teams. Um, seven, seven teams on our schedule played in a, a district final. Um, five of those teams won. 
and made it to a regional, which would be a, would be a Sweet 16 um, situation. And, um, and two of those teams that we played on our schedule um, actually made it to state as well. And then one of them won it um, in Division Three. So uh, the, to play in the schedule that we played, we knew that there would probably be situations where we could lose some games. Um, and, but we thought that it was going to make us better in, in tournament. And you know, I think it, in the end, it really did because there were times in tournament we really struggled to score. Um, and we had to really sit down and find ways to get stops um, and, and pressure situations. And being in those close games and against very competitive teams, um, I think really just helped our mindset that, uh, that we knew that we could do that if that's what we had to do. And, um, you know, fortunately for us, we were able to get some key stops and, and make some big shots throughout our tournament run. You're definitely battle tested. And I, and I love that. There's so many teams that could go the other way and say, okay, we're, we're talented. Let's, let's just see how many wins we can rack up this season. But you really began your schedule with the end in mind. And obviously that, that paid off for you. Um, that's, that's awesome. I love it. Um, in order to have a successful team or program, you got to have a, a great staff. So could you just take a moment and talk about the importance of your coaching staff and what role they played in order for you to be successful? And, you know, what were some of the things that they contribute to throughout the course of a year? Um, you know, we've, we've got a great staff. Uh, Denise Kramer um, has been on board since. Uh, it's a great been... last name, by the way. Yeah. She, she, yeah, she, uh, um, but she does a great job. She's been on since, since be, before I started in Napoleon. Um, and I'm one of the best players um, to, to go through uh, the girls' basketball program. Um, Amber Lee Abbott, who's our JV coach um, and assistant, uh, another former player, and then Tyler Swery, um, who, who kind of our freshman coach, but again, another assistant. They're all, they're all part of the staff. Um, from a basketball standpoint, they do a lot in, in game preparation and, and shot charting or, or watching film and, and preparing for another game. Um, you know, in, in a basketball schedule, um, you play so many games in tight spans, um, either back-to-back -back or on a Tuesday, Thursday, or sometimes a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Uh, the time they put in is invaluable. But from a non-basketball perspective, um, the most important things they do, they're, they're psychologists, psychologists, um, they're, you know, they're mentors, they're motivators, um, they're a shoulder to lean on for the kids, um, they're the promoters for the kids, um, the, everything they do to, to keep our, our family-like culture, um, they're all in, you can tell they're all in, and um, you can't fake caring, and um, they really care. And when you have a group of people that really care, um, I, th I think you have a chance. And um, we've got a group that, that really cares about the kids that we have. And, and the, kids, the kids understand that. Um, and it's a mutual uh, respect uh, from them and the kids. And um, it makes for, for a really uh, nice environment to try to promote growth and be able to get better. I love um, such an important role as to, to have a great staff and, you know, from – you know, the youth level, the JV level, the freshman level, all the way on up to your varsity assistant coaches. Um, that is that is so huge. Now, I know a lot of varsity head coaches, and some of them seem to have a little more trouble deciding how to delegate responsibilities to the coaching staff throughout the course of, of the year. 
how do you go about that? I mean, you obviously have a really good handle, whatever you're doing is working. So like, how do you go about saying, okay, we, we need this coach to, you know, scout and we need this coach to, you know, study some of our own stuff and this coach, Hey, let I need your help working on a practice plan or, you know, how does that work with you guys? Um, I think just communication. Um, I don't, we don't exactly have a set role. Um, I'm not exactly the greatest person to talk about with delegating. Um, it's something I've been having to work on for forever, but, um, the, you know, we've, we've had a staff that's been together for, uh, for a while now too. Um, so that helps. And, and when you have some continuity, um, and you, you kind of, you kind of get to a point of, okay, this, we got to get, we got to do this, this, and this, and, and people just pitch in and, and then we figure it out. So I think just communication more than anything, um, Google docs is, is a, is a nice thing to have, um, to, to be able to separate tasks and, and be able to get, do multiple things at once. So, um, just, just communicating and experience and, um, being able to do things, um, another time around and get into a routine. Um, I think it really helps that. And all those things you mentioned don't happen without a high level of trust in, in one another. And um, you guys clearly have that thing. And then when you put all those other things on top of it, that's a great, great recipe with any team that's successful, especially a state championship level team. You have to have players. It's obviously going to take great coaching and that still isn't going to guarantee you success. And it also requires a, a great deal of, it requires teams being able to withstand adversity. So how do you get the team to have the cohesion that they seem to have had this past year, the year before, and, and really what you've been able to establish at Napoleon? Um, I think they just really care about each other. Um, they all work really hard. I think when you have a common investment, um, that, that really helps. And we have kids that really that just show up every day, just work their tails off. Um, the other kids see that and, and there's a mutual respect. Um, I also think going through last year, um, when you go through a, an adverse situation, take the same situation as, as somebody else, I think that kind of builds a bond that, that you want to be able to do without that. Um, so I think all those things, all, all the quote unquote bad things that have happened, um, have, have really created a, a close bond um, with, with really the team, the coaches and the players. Um, I think that was, that came out a little bit. Some of that emotion really came out um, as we, as we won our regional final game and um, as we we're going through state and, um, and then at the, towards the end of our regional final game, um, just the, the excitement and, and just uh, may, maybe relief of actually going through and doing that um, after everything that kind of we've been through, um, but it's, it's hard to not be emotional and, um, just share a closeness, uh, with each other, um, uh, after, you know, putting all our work last year and, and me kind of taking away. And, um, then we, we kind of try to start back up and we have, we couldn't even meet. We had a bunch of zoom meetings and, um, trying to figure things out together and, um, then to go through the whole season and, um, be able to, to accomplish what we did. Um, I think it's impossible to to not have a close bond um, with each other, and I think that was really reflective, you know, towards the end of our season. Man, yeah, I mean, the, the stories you're going to be able to tell with, <laughs> I mean, years and, and decades down the road with, I mean, the Zoom meetings and the state title and 
Shoot, I, I strained my calf muscle doing a Zoom workout with the team. I'm still blaming that program. I need to charge them double. Um, but yeah, those Zoom meetings were no, no, no joke. Trying to get a sweat in and work out, and you know your living had, room had basement, no, all no that idea. stuff. Yeah, I had no idea what Zoom was last March. I remember going. We were grieving as a teacher. Um, we got an email about Zoom before we kind of left, and I thought, I don't even know what this is. I'm not going to worry about it. And now you can't imagine life without them. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's been we've come a long way in 12 months. That's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. If someone were to come to your practice, say maybe it's a college coach, another high school coach, they come in to observe or whatever. Coach were to come into your practice. What's a couple things that they would immediately notice from sitting in on a practice? Um, I think I think our expectations are, are pretty set. I think kids know what to expect. Um, we like to send them the practice schedule beforehand, um, and we like to do similar things. Um, we, we'll obviously mix it up, but at the same time, um, we want to get we want to get good at a few things and and not try to be great at everything. We must be great at a few things and. Um, if we find something that we're a drill or something that helps us do that, then we're going to keep doing it. We want to recreate the wheel. Um, and we, we try to get a lot of shots up. Um, I think sometimes if you look at a practice schedule throughout a week or, or a couple of days, um, if you just take a kid, a, a, an average kid on the team, um, they're really not, might not be getting that many shots up. So we're trying try to get at least a hundred shots up for every, for, for every kid um, throughout practice. So, um, we're spending time on that and um, we try to have fun and enjoy it. Uh, we play music as much as we can. Um, and we, we try to try to relax and, and play because if you're not having fun, and you're not enjoying it. Um, basketball is such a long season. It, it becomes just such a wear. So um, those are probably some things um, you probably see me get mad or so a few times throughout practices. Um, that becomes a normal thing. Um, every freshman that comes in is, is terrified of me. And then by the time they're seniors, they're, they're making fun of me every day. So uh, and, uh, that's some, some things that uh, kind of part of our routine that, that we get used to. And um, I think when you set expectations and the kids know what to expect, um, I think they appreciate that. I think that helps them um, have a good mindset every day. I love that. And you, you did paint a really good picture. Some of those things that, you know, you do consistently and, you know, I saw some of the stats come out for some of the top, shooting teams in the state of Ohio and, and your team was, was on that, on that list. So can you talk a little bit more about the emphasis that you put on shooting and how that's, you know, statistically you're one of the top shooting programs in the state. <clears throat> Obviously it plays off, it pays off in the games. You won a state title. You know, how big of a role does that play? And, and the reason I, I even bring that up is because I've talked to other players that I've worked with and they'll be like, coach Kramer, I almost feel, worse than I was at the beginning of the season because we're practicing every day, but I feel like I'm not playing basketball and I'm not shooting and I'm not dribbling as much as I was even before basketball season starts, which completely contradicts the whole goal of getting better throughout the course of the season. But as coaches, a lot of times we can, we're we're scouting and we're thinking of our offense and our defensive sets and all of a sudden developing our players throughout the course of the year which I think should be the priority gets down to the wayside and you, you guys are at the top all the, all the way through. Um, can you talk about that a little bit more? Um, yeah. Well, so we spend, I would say a good 90 85 to 90% of our summers is, is just shooting. 
Um, I know we talked when we talked last year. Um, really, what we do in the summer is we just come in and shoot um, and then lift. Um, we don't spend a lot of time playing five on five in the summer, and um, I think there's a lot of value in that. But we just don't spend a ton of time doing it. Um, <clears throat> and then last year, um, we couldn't play any games and, and any shootouts or anything, so ended up being we. Um, just shot the whole summer. So, and then I think shooting has become a skill. Before we get back to the episode, I want to thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. And if you find this episode beneficial, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. That goes a really long way as we continue to build the Coach's Edge. And most of all, share this episode out with someone else who you think also may find it beneficial. That's what the Coach's Edge is all about, trying to give you an edge, an advantage. Let's get better together. Back to the show. In basketball, um, with the impact of the three-point line and how difficult how difficult it is to really guard the whole three-point line when you have good spacing and ball movement, um, you can get open shots. Um, being able to knock down that shot has really become a skill um, and an important part of the game. And you can think about you can do so many things well and perfect. Um, you can throw it into the post and they go double team and you get some great ball movement and you kick it out and you get a wide open three and you miss it. You don't have any extra the possession you lose on the possession. You don't score. Um, you can have a terrible possession and somebody throws up a bad shot and they make it. And then all of a sudden then you get three points that possession. So um, being able to make shots um, is, is so important in the game of basketball. It's obviously always been important, but I think, you know, with the three point line and how many teams shoot, a ton of threes and how many kids really want to keep shooting threes. Um, being able to knock those down has become um, almost more important than some of the scheme stuff offensively. Uh, if you can take care of the ball and you can knock down shots, um, it takes care it takes care of a lot of things um, from a coach's standpoint. So um, it's, it's a really big emphasis for us. Now, that doesn't mean that we, we shoot um, – we're not shooting 50% every game for three, and um, there's certainly times we go through our, our skids offensively. But – um, we really, really want to work on a big emphasis for us offensively is to get shots off inside outs. Um, and then a lot of our shots um, that we work on um, are, are inside out looks. And, um, and we try to get, get ourselves in the rhythm and, and, and a game speed uh, environment. That's definitely, definitely key and, and clearly something that separates you from many other teams in the state is your ability to shoot the basketball. Is there one or two other things that being a top tier program, you feel like separate your team from the majority of other teams in the state of Ohio? Um, we defended really well. We were able to um, really one through five, especially in our starting lineup. Um, we had a lot of flexibility defensively. We had a lot of length and athleticism. Uh, so we, we changed a lot of defenses uh, to try to keep other teams out of rhythm. And we could do that. We had a lot of experience uh, and a lot of the length of, of being interchangeable. Um, we could switch a lot of screens. Um, a lot of games, we, we just switched every screen um, just to try to keep give teams a different look. Um, so I think that certainly helped. You know, defensively, I think we gave up, I think, 34 points a game um, and, and really kept teams down. Um, the one game we, we lost to Notre Dame. Um, we went to state in Division One. Um, you know they scored 58 points. That's the most points we've given up in the last two years. So um, defensively, I think is is a big um, reason for our success. Our rebounding, 
has, has been a big reason. We've got a lot of kids that just go rebound and, um, and there might not be the biggest, uh, they, a lot of times they're undersized, but they just go get it and they're aggressive with it. Um, and then being able to take care of the ball. Um, there, there are very few games we had double digit turnovers. Um, and anytime you can take care of the ball, um, that means you're getting more shots. And then when you can add some offensive rebounds in there and then, and you're just multiplying that. So anytime you can get more shots, you obviously have more opportunities to score. And um, anytime you can rebound defensively, you're obviously limiting the other team's ability to score. So I think all of those things um, mixed in with um, some really experienced kids in the game of basketball um, really just helped us um, create a situation where, where we could kind of adjust to kind of any situation or team that we were playing against. Absolutely love it. That uh, your your kids, your program, your community. Obviously, it, it's a high character area, and I think if you're going to be co successful consistently, consistently, you're going to have to have some standards. So, like if if you're speaking with say the incoming freshman class of girls who are hoping to fill the shoes of some of the seniors this year, what are those? standards or characteristics that you kind of lay out and say, listen, this is Napoleon girls basketball. We embody these characteristics. Um, I think um, our togetherness, I think the fact that we, we've got to do it through team basketball. Um, you know, we've done all of this stuff and we've played some very high level, we got some high level players and some very good teams. And we've been able to beat some really good teams um, with, with, Division one players. Some teams have multiple Division one players, um, and we don't have a, a quote unquote high level kid. Um, uh, we have one kid that's that's going to a Division two school uh, off this year's team, and um, we're hoping to get th some more um, looks from Division two schools. But um, we don't have the quote quote unquote uh, big time D one kid. Um, so, and we, we don't. I don't know that that's coming anytime soon. Um, so, you know, we, we've got to be able to, to do details very well. Um, and a lot of that has to do with coming in every day and, and, and trying to get better and, and focusing on, you know, how can you make the team better um, each and every day and, and really understanding your role. So um, a lot of that has to do with just, just working really hard uh, and having a good communication um, system. And a lot of that's on, our, on the coaching staff to make sure we're communicating as well as we can to, to make sure we, we communicate expectations and roles and, and everything. And, and once the kids, I think they, they feel they, they understand what they need to do. Um, it helps them to just to go work out on and focus on that, that aspect instead of trying, trying to guess or worry about so many different things that are part of a basketball game. And um, I think communication and just a work ethic is, are, are two big things for us. And I love that. I mean, communi communicating and you know, bring your heart head. Let's, let's get to work. And the communication piece, it seems so obvious, but at the same time, that's many teams get a little bit of that wrong. I mean, there, there's players where really they're not sure what their high school coach expects of them the next season. I mean, if, so the, the more as coaches, we can communicate that with our players, they want to play, they want to win. They want to be successful, but if they don't know the best way to go about and do that, right, then we're not on the same page and, and we're probably not going to succeed as a group together. That's great stuff and extremely, extremely important. Um, this year, the bullseye, in a sense, was on your back, right? You were 27-0 and 0 the year pr prior. 
everybody knew how good you were. You, you knew that you were going to have somewhat of a successful year at the very least, right? And with the possibility of winning a state title. How do you communicate to your girls knowing that, listen, you kind of went from being the hunter to the prey a little bit as far as you were sneaking up on people now. You're not sneaking up on anybody anymore. Everybody knows you're good. Yeah, um, that I mean, you just you try to reiterate every day. And the best example is is going out there and, and getting punched in the mouth against somebody um, that you weren't expecting. It. And um, there was kind of two different things that, that we're that when we played a team, they were either maybe scared of us or intimidated by us, um, or they were pumped and, and they wanted to to quote unquote punch us in the mouth. And the far majority teams were were ready to go and. They had us circled on, on the schedule more than they have in the past. And it just, it just reiterates and emphasizes the, the mindset of, of every single day. You've, you've got to be willing to, to work hard and try to get better um, because people are waiting for you. Um, and we experienced, I think the best way to, to show that to kids is, is to have them experience it. And, and we, we certainly experienced it, especially early in the year. Of, if we didn't come ready to go, teams, they were going to play really hard against us. Um, and they're going to they're going to come come out and 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 really try to put it put it to us and and really really battle and um, we couldn't just coast and we don't really we weren't good enough to do that anyway. Um, but it really just to experience that I think really just helped see the let the kids see that you know we've got to bring it every day and if we don't um, we're going to find ourselves in trouble. That's great. They clearly maintained that that hunger. And uh, as I like to mention to some of our players, there's somebody out there who wants what you want. And they just might be bigger, stronger, faster, more talented than you are. And you all want the same thing. So what are you going to do about it? Right? You, you, you got to come in, you got to work, you got to put in time and the effort because that goal of winning a state title or a district or a league, guess what? You're not the only person that wants that. Everybody wants that. Right. So what are you going to do to be different? Because every, a lot of people have the same goals. Right. But the work that they put towards it, that's where you can differentiate yourself. Can't do anything about your talent. Right. But you can do something about that mentality that you mentioned, the work, the time in the offseason that you've been talking about. It's fantastic stuff. Now, Napoleon area, it's a rural, small town area in northwest Ohio. Now we got listeners from like 30 countries around the world, right? And I'm from in Michigan, a very rural area as well. And so when I follow Napoleon, I see a lot of similarities to the way I grew up and how our community got behind our basketball team when I was playing. Can you talk about what does this level of success do for your community as a whole? Um, and then there, our community support as um, you don't find another community that supports this girls' basketball team, I think, in the state. Um, I think it rival, you know, rivals anywhere else you'll find. Um, we talked last year. We um, you know, sold out our, our allotment of 1,500 tickets for state um, in, in a couple hours. Um, and obviously, with, with ticket um, stuff this year and spectators limited, um, uh, getting a ticket to our game, was one of the hottest tickets that you could find in town. Um, and, you know, as we got into the tournament, 
know, fortunately, when we got later in the tournament, um, the spectators kind of expanded um, and that that kind of craze kind of just multiplied as far as people trying to find their way into games. And, um, you know, at state, we played state at the University of Dayton and we could have 1600 people in there. So and it felt like 16 million um, and we could fi finally get some some more fans. But um, uh, not only that, there's the, you know, bars and restaurants um, were as packed as they could be to watch the games um, and different places where people were, were doing everything they can to to watch the games and support us any way we could. Um, to, to be a part of that was it's just a really cool experience. Um, there, it's there's a I think there's a bond between um, the program and the community of of the, a lot of pride of of wearing the point and supporting the point and 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 being a part of that. So um, it, it's it's been there's been times it's been it's been crazy and things have things have happened that you never would expect, um, but uh, we wouldn't have it any other way. Of uh, the support we get has has been unrivaled to anybody else, and um, it, it's just been awesome to be a part of. Very, very cool. Um, so the the season's finished. You've you've you're talked about the combination of like excitement and relief at the same time. Things are kind of starting to get back to the school year. So, where do you go from from here? What does the preparation look like? as you head into the off season and prepare for another year? Um, I think it's, we, we just go back to turn the next page and um, we, we try to do some self-evaluation and see where we're at and where some of our kids are at and, and we're kind of what's going to be our best path to, to make us as competitive a basketball team for next year. And, um, you know, we work on, we look at obviously individual development of kids, but, but also kind of what our team needs to look like. Um, we're going to, we're going to look different than we were a year ago. Um, really the last two years, we've been able to um, play a lot of different kids and we've had a lot of length and athleticism. Um, you know, and next year we're going to we'll be more a bigger team, but we're not going to be quite as athletic. So we'll be more, probably more traditional offensively with some, some mover blocker stuff and some high low situations and working through the post that way. And, um, and, and then defensively, we're probably going to be more pack line, um, philosophy instead of being in the passing lanes and trying to really pressure people. So um, that adjustment alone is is going to take some time with, with some of some of and a lot of our kids uh, and our coaches uh, as well. Um, and you know, just doing that and and a lot of, a lot of it is just figuring out as you go. Um, you you try something and and it doesn't work, so you make adjustments and you try something else or or you tweak something to, to get get to get it to fit. And we so we really try to do with the summer with our games is is work on something and try to figure out what we're good at and, and try to figure out maybe more important what we're not good at um, as so we can go into the season with that kind of plan and and then the individual development of depending on you know what that kid's role is going to be of trying to help them to, to maximize their um, potential as much as we can. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think from the outside looking in, a lot of people would say, okay, well, you want to state championship, so you have the blueprint. So just do what you did last year. Realistically, it's like, no, it's not the case. You have different players, right? Some players graduate, you get new players coming in, talents and skill sets and all these things are, are different. So you have to be able to, to take what you think you can keep and then look at other things that you need to possibly do better based on, like I said, okay, maybe we're not as fast as we were the year before. Uh, that, that's all really, really vital stuff. Um,
you did something really cool. One of the coolest things, coach, I think I've seen all year, honestly, with some of the seniors that were on the team in 2019, 2020. Can you walk us through what you guys did after you win the state championship? Um, you know, we were fortunate today. Um, OJSA um, made sure that the seniors that could be there, um, we had five seniors last year, three of them could be at our game. Um, and they sat up close, but then they allowed them on the floor um, after the game. And um, they allowed us to cut down the nets. And, um, and it was only normal for us that um, they, they, could, they could cut down the net as well. Um, so they, they cut down part of the nets um, with the rest of the team. And, um, you know, and I've said multiple times, they helped set the expectations um, for us this year. Um, we played so many really good teams and we had a mindset going into those games this year that we were going to win or at least be really competitive. And to be able to um, get over that hurdle is such a huge thing from a game preparation and something that you really, it's really hard for a coach to get into with the, with the kids. Um, the only way to really get that is, is to, to have the success um, from the past and, it creates that kind of maybe um, maybe swagger a little bit that um, we've done this before, we're going to do it again. And, and they were a big reason for that. So um, that was a big reason for our success this year. And, and, and it's a basketball family. Um, we've got a lot of kids that care about each other, um, whether they graduated or, or, or they're still in high school. And um, it's a close community. Um, but we still, still, you still know and talk to, to all those kids. So um, to, to be able to allow them to be a part of that, only felt right, um, and we, we feel very fortunate, obviously, that, that we were in that situation to, to win and be able to cut down the net and to, to, to have some of them there and be a part of that to, was, again, another, another neat part of, I think, our story the, the last couple of years. It's really cool and, and just a really nice touch, way to honor those kids that, you know, you might have won back-to-back -back state titles, essentially, so th they get a piece of that. You know, they are a part of that state championship team. That was awesome. I absolutely loved it. Um, Coach, thanks for taking some time to be on the, the coach's edge. I mean, it was, it was great to catch up and following you guys all season. And it was just really, really exciting to see your run, um, the, the area of Napoleon and how just the community gets behind uh, its girls, its players, its coaching staff. You guys are doing a phenomenal job. And um, I wish you the very best of luck moving forward. Thanks a lot, Steve. Again, thanks for having us on. Thanks for having me on. And again, um, you know, really cool following you as well. Um, working with different kids and and just the, the passion for basketball is it's a neat thing uh, to see, and um, it's a really cool to be be part of that basketball community. I appreciate that uh, very much, and you know, hopefully we'll we'll see you sooner, see you sooner uh, than later with <laughs> with all this stuff going on. We can get the pandemic even a little more under control. That would be. That would be awesome. So thanks again for being on the Coach's Edge podcast. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge. And uh, if you get a chance, if you like the Coach's Edge podcast, uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, review. That goes a really long way as we continue to share the great game of basketball with many other coaches around the country and around the world. So thanks again and get after it today. That was a great episode, and I'm not just saying that. So special thank you to Coach Crimebrink for spending the time 
to be on the coach's edge. And it's kind of interesting. I have a, a good friend of mine who lives in Bowling Green, Ohio, near Napoleon. And he follows the, the team, especially the girls team. And we were just talking about, you know, how well they play together, how hard they play. And I had a chance to uh, work a team camp for uh, Coach Crimebrink, the girls program, the boys program, and, and about two and a half years ago, 2018, almost three years ago now. And I was reminded of how uh, serious and locked in the girls were during that camp, much more so than, yeah, I get to a chance to work with, you know, COVID aside, a couple thousand players every single year. I see a lot of players, a lot of players that are going to play college basketball, all shapes and sizes, you name it. And working that camp, I was like, these girls are, are locked in. They're serious. They're, they're a little bit different in a good way compared to all the other programs that I get to, to work with. And it shows the, the proof is in the pudding. Like they have a great thing going there and I'm sure that's going to continue. Um, they hold themselves to a high standard. Uh, they continue to play hard, play as a team, uh, enjoy the success that their teammates have and not just the individual stuff. Um, you know, the individual stuff comes when you're successful as a team and you play for one another. And they're a great example of doing it the right way. So just a, just a couple things I think that can stand out for any other coach is trying to build a successful program year in and year out. Uh, Napoleon basketball is a great blueprint uh, for you to follow. Thanks again for listening to Coach's Edge and uh, feel free to uh, rate, review, subscribe. It goes a long way uh, to help me out. Say the podcast is free, uh, but but it still takes a lot of time and dedication to make sure we're getting you know great coaches, great interviews, and and uh, so I, I just appreciate it based on all the time that is sacrificed to make this podcast to go. Thanks again, and get after it today.